Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Redwood Empire. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite asset of the show, the tastings. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how are you doing today? You know, I can't complain too much. Um, Enjoying the weather a bit here still. Glad the cicadas are finally starting to die off. A little bit here. And you know. Not enough, but hope, you know, enough, some. <laughs> not, ha- not having the f- uh, fun sitting here and stepping on them as I walk out as they're dying, but, you know, <laughs> fun that they're dying. Absolutely. Not having to deal with them, Budax or whatever it is now. I love it. All right, folks, we're not going to waste any time because we're very excited about this whiskey today. We're going to just go ahead and jump right on in, Andy. Tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Redwood Empire whiskey. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. This is one. So this is one I've actually wanted to do for quite a while now, about a, about since we started. Um, they are a brand out of California. Um, you know, of course, most traditionally known for their wines, but it's a brand um, actually in founded by Graton Distillery uh, in 2017, um, who is owned by Purple and Wine and Spirits. Um, like they have a few different uh, alcohol, liquor, and um, wine brands that they manage. Um, cheers, sir. Cheers. Yeah. Um, and. Mm, very nice. Yeah, very I've, good. I've never had this. I've never had Redwood Empire before, so. Yeah, they're a very good one. I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, they they exactly, and they have something. Kind of like um, the one we discussed last week, Woodenville. Very, they're very, on the coast. Very, yeah. This is our first California one, right? Yeah, first California one, second West Coast one. Right, Sonoma um, County. Yeah, so they're exactly. So, like I said, they're um, found in 2017 out there. They're about an hour north of San Francisco in Sonoma County. Very. So that's pretty close to. That's not far from Napa, right? No, it literally isn't. Um, I think it's kind of at the. It's very near to Napa. And that's yeah. not far from Mama and Papa Kleshik either. Nope, not at all. 90 proof. It's it's very smooth. Oh, yeah. Very smooth one. Very tasty. Drinker. And it's one that they, um, you know, what else they're close to, though, is they're actually close to the um, the a huge stretch of redwood forest there that um, stretches actually, you know, like I said, about an hour north of uh, San Francisco. Um Riding along the coast all the way up to about Oregon. Um, at okay. least, uh, uh, I think it's about the border between California and Oregon. It's either there or into like mid-Oregon on the coast there. And that's a lot of actually where they got their brand name from. Uh, because, you know, redwood trees, if you've ever seen even just photos of them. I mean, they're known as uh, just the giant trees. And this is like this stretch Gi- of it. the giants of the trees. Exactly. And this is like this stretch of redwood forest is known as the Redwood Empire. Um, or like colloquially known as the Redwood Empire forest forest because it's just it's just so many redwoods in that it, area. It sits along the Russian River, though, Andy. I don't know if we can yeah. trust these commie <laughs> distillers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they're well, in California. But if anything, that, like, 
Like it's, it's like that area is just known in general as a whole. Like that Russian River Valley, Sonoma County, everything. Like that's where some really great California and just American wines as a whole come from. Yeah. Um, so no, when you see great wines coming from there, you think, yeah. okay, well, you could see great whiskey coming out of there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, yeah. that's They're, they're next-door neighbors with Napa. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, it is an area just known for, like, making good alcohol of some kind. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe not the kind that you and I like to prefer to drink, but good alcohol. Right. Uh, Well-known and well-celebrated. Um, and it's actually like that stretch of the woods, um, redwoods there too. That's actually where there are three different, um, whiskeys that they have like three different trees in that, um, in that section that they name them after. Uh, the one we're drinking today is their, uh, pipe dream, which is their bourbon, but they also have their emerald giant, which is their rye. Okay. And the lost monarch, which is their blended American whiskey. Gotcha. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit of how they do all those three. But um, they kind of have an interesting history because, I mean, like I said, they, I think, are the youngest brand we've talked about. I think the next youngest was like 2014. Um, but, you know, they started out in 2017 as a brand uh, releasing products. Um, of course, some of that was sourced to start out. Um but prior to them sitting there and actually distilling and everything, the the buildings that they are now operating out of there in Graton, California, in that Sonoma County area, um, actually used to hold a or house an apple canning and processing plant um, way back in the day, like early 1900s to mid 1900s. Okay. Um, and then of course, I think it shut down for. A few decades, and then now, obviously, is a distillery, winery, um, you know, they do some gins, everything else there, um, under the umbrella, like that purple wine and spirits umbrella, um, that they have out there. Um, and of course, their process is fairly simple, you know, pretty much everything, you know, they do it similar to any other whiskey distillery would do, um course it all starts with the mash bills uh where they both source midwestern grains as well as local california grains uh preferably local cali grains as much as they can um but you know they do source some midwest grains um and they have two different mash bills that they usually use um you know so their bourbon the pipe dream they do a 75 corn 21 raw rye which is i think just I don't even remember what raw rye is as far as distilling goes, hmm. what that definition is, and four percent malted barley, and then the rye recipe is actually I believe a, an MGP um, mash bill that they do, which is the ninety five five MGP that like Bullet and a few other brands use, um, and then the Lost Monarch, which is their uh, American whiskey blend, um, they actually have. Basically, they take both of those mash bills, um, and they end up going about 60% of the rye mash bill, so 60% of that 95.5 mash bill, and then 40% of that 75.21.4 mash bill hmm. that they do for a pipe dream, and blend that together roughly in that combination, 60.40, to then uh, make 
Lost Monarch. And that that I, I've had that before. And that's, I think, the best of the three. But the one we're trying today is uh, Pipe Dream. They're bourbon. Um, so how hard is it? Like, how accessible is this brand? I think for us here in Cincinnati, I've seen it at, like, one or two locations around here. I, okay. I, don't, I don't... I think because there's just such a young brand, they don't have, like, the legs of, you know, Woodenville that we saw last... That we talked about last week. You right. Know, who has a decade of experience doing stuff. So where did you find... Where did you buy this Redwood Empire? So the only place that I know for a fact that sells it here in Cincinnati... And this is where I bought it. Um, you know, that this place also sells Magnolia bourbon yeah. um, that we talked about like a few weeks we, back. We, yeah, like yeah, a few like six, months ago. Five, six weeks back. But a few weeks ago, something like that. I don't remember the episode number. Andy, you have to remember the episode number right now. <laughs> but it it's that's that one right there in Hyde Park. Yeah, it's it's the one like exactly. It's the one in Hyde Park that's like right in Rookwood Square. Um, Hyde Park Wine and Spirits. Do they um, sell this at uh, Party Source? I have not seen it at Party Source. Like, huh. surprisingly, as big as Party Source is, I have not seen it there. That's crazy. So it is a pretty exclusive brand. Yeah, it's very, very exclusive. Gotcha. I'm not at least it in, in there. At least here yeah. in Cincinnati. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'm sure it's probably, you know, like in places like California might be a little less exclusive, but... Um, since they're from there, but of like course, here, of course. In, here at San Francisco, in, this is probably a very accessible bourbon. Yeah. But at least here in Cincinnati, it's not as accessible because I think they're just, you know, being four ish years old. Now they're still trying to build the brand. Of course. Um, very young. And you know, they high I mean, quality for high quality for the age. Oh yeah. Very high quality for the age of the distillery and everything. I mean, it's, it's, I've heard rave reviews from like, Everybody that sits here and does it, um, like has tried it, like especially the Lost Monarch, um, you know, like just rave reviews about it. Um, yeah, we'll have to so get we'll have to get our hands on the Lost Monarch. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 the place I go to to get this actually has it. Perfect. And, and the buy uh, it, Andy. Other one, buy it. I buy them about, both. I thought about getting another I'll Venmo bottle you. of it to try. <laughs> um, Another time. We'll do a review we another time. Yeah, we, we, we have a whole list of follow-up episodes we're going to be yeah. doing here. Yeah. So we'll get to the we'll get to their other ones that they have at another point here. Definitely. Um, and, of course, they actually um, – the mash is kind of unique because what they do there, they actually have a custom-designed um, direct – like direct inject, steam injection uh, mash tun in order to sit here and help uh, quickly – as quickly and efficiently using modern technology uh, as you can break down the starches in their grains in order to uh, maximize all the different flavors and aromatics uh, in the bourbon, at least as much as you can Okay. for a, um, a whiskey. Um, so it's something that they kind of had custom designed that to do that, uh, which I've never heard of another distillery doing that. I'm sure there probably are some, and I just have not heard of it yet. But, like I said, I don't know any other distilleries doing it. Right. Um, And then something else they do kind of in that, um, you know, they have a continuous two-column micro-still that allows for a little bit finer uh, head and tail cuts, which allows for, you know, the heart cut, which is really what you want in any whiskey 
that's the portion you want to really pull. Um, it, it, it's something that, you know, it allows them to get a little bit longer breadth of that heart cut and even greater purity in that. Um, something for there. And it's something, you know, they all have non-age dated products. Um, but it's something that I don't know exactly how old they actually age them. Um, or like in the case of uh, Emerald Giant, you know, source it. But I, I, I think it's a few, you know, at least probably four to five years old, I want to say. Right. Um, but because, you know, compared to like Woodenville especially, or, you know, a lot of stuff that's in Kentucky, um, it's got a lot being right there in San, close to San Francisco. Uh, it's got a lot more moderate temperate climate um, and not as much temperature fluctuations right. that will affect, you know, especially the color of the whiskey, but also, you know, the um, the flavors and everything in it that you would get from the barrels. Definitely. As a result of it. Yeah. Those temperature changes. For sure. And then, uh, you know, that, that ended up coming out to their three different products, as I mentioned, um, you know, the Pipe Dream, Emerald Giant, and then Lost Monarch, um, you know, which are their bourbon rye and uh american blended whiskey um as i mentioned previously um named after three different redwoods which all are very good i've heard good reviews i think they're very good too um so i I mean i think without further ado i think it's that point in the episode for us let's do it andy we're gonna go ahead and try the pipe dream from redwood empire yep all right folks pour yourself a glass of the Redwood Empire Pipe Dream. We're going to dive right in to the tasting. Of course, as always, we're going to start with the nose. I get some very, like, surprisingly, considering where they are close to the coaster, I get some very, very stereotypical, it, even though they're a little bit lighter, like very stereotypical bourbon notes yeah. in it. Like yeah, the absolutely. brown sugar, some It's molasses. very light, kind of yeah. playful on the nose, not heavy at all. But yeah, very, very, a lot more playful. Yeah, I like it a lot. A lot of fruity notes. It's pretty complex, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very complex. Let's give it a taste, folks. Yeah. Very smooth. Very good. Yeah. Very impressive for how young of a of a bourbon this is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... Very impressive. I mean, they've done a good job with it. What are some of the notes that you're getting on this one, Andy? Um, I get some of the very, very classic bourbon notes. You know, like like a little bit of like a light citrus in there. Okay. Some brown sugar or um, you know, molasses that you would kind of typically get with a bourbon. Um, but I kind of get even beyond the citrus note. I get a little bit of a um fruit note in there that I think very much kind of to an extent like whole grape like like a lighter fruit note in there that I would associate like I said with like whole grape something like that like very whiny yeah a lot of it could well it does you know it gets that that California flavor to it yeah exactly like it's got some of that that California flavor that's like very very just um fruit centric for lack of better phrasing there Absolutely. On it. Um, which, I mean, is good. 
in, in this in in their products is good. Of course. Um, it it plays well with their style and everything that they have there. Um, and I can't complain. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, it is a, an exceptional product. Exactly. And exactly to your point, I mean, you know, being only like a f- four-year-old brand, um, to me, stacks up very, very well with a lot of Any others. At that same age. Exactly. I, yeah, I 100% agree. Exactly. I mean, it stacks up a lot with some of the best ones in Kentucky that I like. Yeah. Um, even like in some of the best ones in Tennessee or Colorado, elsewhere, at least in the United States, that I like. Uh, it's good. It's very unique um, while still retaining some of those stereotypical classic bourbon notes that any beginner or anybody who just like loves the standard product out of Kentucky could get into and enjoy. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't agree more. The, you heard it here first, folks. This is the uh, one of the best West Coast uh, bourbon, uh, you know, one of the best one of the best West Coast bourbons in the entire industry. Oh yeah. All right, folks. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, so you can subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Share it with your friends. Post on social media about it. Tell us you hate us. Tell us you love us. Just give us some feedback. Give us some support, positive or negative. And we love all of you. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, America, and don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week. <laughs>